Production support for Soundbites is made possible by listeners and by Coffee by Design, growing a business committed to community and sustainability locally and worldwide. Coffeebydesign.com. Welcome to Soundbites, true stories told by local Mainers and nationally recognized storytellers. The themes are always changing, and the hosts are from all over the nation, but when you hear the name Soundbites, you're in for a unique storytelling experience. Soundbites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company, Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. This week's stories were told live at One Longfellow Square in Portland, where the season four finale's theme was Unmasked. Here's today's host, retired talent agent and current seven-time Moth Story Slam champion, Sandy Marks. So everyone, give a very warm main welcome to Taleo Moore. Maybe pets just aren't my thing. When I was six years old, I got this indigo blue fish, and I named her Diamond because she looked expensive and fancy. Um, I was six years old and I was living in Flatbush, Brooklyn, in New York, with my mom, my aunt, and my cousin. And we lived in a three-bedroom apartment. I was super excited to get my first pet. My cousin already had an aquarium full of fish and I was going to be adding her to the tank. And I did, but shortly after we had to remove her because she was biting and fighting the other fish. She even killed one of them. So we took her out of the aquarium and we moved her to a a fishbowl by herself right underneath it. We were able to save the other fish, but unfortunately, that was the end for Diamond. A rat got inside of her bowl (laughs) and attempted to bite her and eat her and drowned in the process. That was the end for her. When I was seven years old, my aunt came home with a hamster. And me and my cousin had, was aware that we were getting something. We didn't know what it was. She told us that she was bringing us something. We were going back and forth like, oh, is it a new toy? Oh, is it Wendy's chicken nuggets? <laughs> and I was secretly hoping that it was going to be a bigger place because we were no longer in that three-bedroom apartment. Now, me, my mother, and cousin were in a studio, one-room apartment, still in Flatbush, Brooklyn which meant there was no room for WWE SmackDown matches that me and my cousin would have. There was no more hide and seek because there was nowhere to hide. And that means no pets. So I was really shocked when she came home with this small, furry, beige and white hamster that we named Harry. We all fell in love with him. He was just the sweetest hamster and he was super easy to take care of. Unfortunately, Harry passed because he was old and hamsters don't last that long. Um, And we had a burial ceremony for him in Prospect Park. (laughs) And a week later, we went back, me and my cousin, to visit Harry, and we noticed that the local animals in the park dug him up. And we saw little pieces of remains of him, and that was hard for seven-year-old kids to grasp. We were pretty much heartbroken. That was my last time in Brooklyn. Around the age of seven and a half, me and my mom went on this journey of moving. 
We moved to Washington Heights. Then we moved back to our hometown in Montgomery, Alabama, and then back to New York City to Harlem, where we stayed with my great aunt. My great aunt was a heavily religious woman. And I thought I could win her over by asking, can I have a responsibility, which was a pet. And she said, hell no. <laughs> and she didn't use the word hell. She was like, no pets in this house. We didn't stay there long, and unfortunately, me and my mother became homeless. I was eight years old, and we entered the shelter system in the Bronx, New York. We ended up staying in the shelter system for two years. By the age of 10, uh, we finally received housing. We received New York City Public Housing, also known as NYCHA, AKA The Projects. And I did not care where we ended up. I was just so happy that we had our own home and I had my own room. And shortly after, my Uncle JR came and he moved in. See, Uncle JR was a character. He was my mom's older brother. He stood about under six feet, bald head, black guy, and he dressed to the T. He loved dressing, just like any other gay man in New York City. <laughs> but Uncle JR had some habits, like promises that he never would come through with. He would always say, yeah, I got you on that money. Oh, yeah, we're going to go get that toy. Oh, no, we're going to go take this trip. And we never did anything. And he also had another habit of picking up things off the street. So he would come home with like a new mirror or a new dresser that he would find that people threw out. It was so bad that if we would be walking home and saw something that we thought he might bring upstairs, we would move it to the next block. <laughs> Around the time Uncle JR came into our home, I had been hinting to my mom that I wanted a pet, specifically a hamster. And Uncle JR kept saying, I'll get it for you, I got you. And my mom said, girl, do not listen to your Uncle JR. You will be waiting on nothing forever. But he proved her wrong. One evening, he comes home from work, and he hands me a box with a hamster in it. And I'm excited. But I'm also like, Uncle JR, where's the cage? <laughs> it's just a box. He said, I'm going to get you a cage tomorrow. This box should hold him overnight. That night, I went to sleep and woke up about 50 times to the noise of chewing and squeaking and shredding. And I didn't, I'm like, oh my God, it's that damn hamster. And when I woke up, the box had a hole in it. There was cardboard all over the floor and he was gone. I searched my room and I found him in one of my Nikes. And I went to pick him up and he bit me. And I threw him against the wall so hard, I thought I killed him. I was like, oh my God, like my hamster. But he was perfectly fine. Like, <laughs> like nothing had happened to him. So I needed to put him into something else. So I put him into one of my old huggy containers for wipes. I poked some holes in it, taped the top closed, and I placed him in there. And I went to school. When I came home, he had chewed his way through plastic through a Huggies container, and he was again gone, escaped. And I just kept thinking, why is this hamster trying to leave me? What did I do to you that makes you want to run away from me? I found him again, 
And this time I put on some winter gloves and plastic gloves just to pick him up because I was not trying to get bit again. And that's the time when I actually really looked at him and noticed how ugly he was. <laughs> he was nothing like Harry, nothing at all. He was long. He had gray and brown patchy fur. I don't know what to call it. Look, it was pretty fi much fine hair. It wasn't fluffy like a hamster. And the weirdest part about him was that he had a tail, but it looked like someone chopped half of it off. Like it was missing something. And he had these huge buck teeth, like a naked mole rat from that Kim Possible Disney Channel show. <laughs> so my last resort was to put him in, the only thing that my uncle brought with him besides the box was this ball, which hamsters can roll around the house in. So that was his new home, 24-7, in this ball. I would only take him out and place him in a box to feed him. And I had his hamster food and some water, and he would never eat his hamster food at all. Instead, if my mom was frying chicken in the kitchen, he would roll in in his ball. <laughs> sniffing around, licking the ground. And I was like, Ma, do you see this? She goes, yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> so one day I snuck him a piece of chicken, just a little piece, and he ate it. So after that, we started feeding him our leftovers. So inside his bowl would be whatever we ate, rice, beans, chicken, steak, whatever we ate, he ate. He didn't eat hamster food. And one day I came to a realization that I didn't want this hamster anymore. My other uncle came over to visit, and the first thing he did when he walked in and saw him rolling around in the ball is kicked him like a soccer ball. And he went flying. I screamed, my hamster. And he said, I ain't no damn hamster, that's a rat. <laughs> and my mom said, leave her alone. Uncle JR bought her it. He said, oh, Uncle JR? Really? You're gonna accept something from him? This is definitely a rat then. And when he said that, my mom started to get more concerned. He went on a rant saying that, who brings rats to the projects? Are you asking for more rotins? Like, this is a health hazard. So my mom started to become a little bit concerned and I was already ready to get rid of him. So we started talking. I was like, listen, mom, I'm just gonna throw him down the incinerator. And she was like, mm, I don't know if you should do all that, but you know, we can definitely get rid of him. My uncle comes home, Uncle JR, and he's like, look, I got a cage for him. And it's a fish tank. I'm like, Uncle JR, this is a fish tank. He's like, same thing, it's a cage. I'm like, it doesn't have bars on it, it's just glass. He can't be in this. He's like, yes, he can. So I open up his ball and I just dump him in there. And I look at Uncle JR, I said, Uncle JR, I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't want this pet. And I said, I didn't even name him. Does he even have a name? And he goes, actually he does. His name is Bucky. I'm like, oh yeah, explains the teeth. So I, I'm looking at him, we're looking at him in the tank and my uncle can see the disgust on my face. And even he was like, looking a little weary. He's like, all right, I'm gonna take him back to the pet shop. I said, okay. So like the next night, I'm like, Uncle JR, so what happened when you took him back to the pet shop? He goes, well, actually, I decided to just let him out free. 
I said, where? He's like, outside. I said, so you just let him out outside? He goes, yeah. I said, hmm, okay. I said, what kind of hamster was he, Uncle JR? He was like, starts having this little sneaky laughter face, and he was the king of pranks. So he was just like, well, actually, he's a mixed breed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mixed with what? He goes, all right, I'm going to tell you how I got him. The pet store next to my job, and at the time he was working at Uno's Chicago Grill as a server, and he was like, the pet store next door was going out of business, and they gave it to me for free. And he is a hamster mixed with a rat. He's a rampster. <laughs> I was humiliated, embarrassed, disgusted that I had been taking care of this, basically a rat. And I decided that I would never ask Uncle JR for anything else ever again. And that sometimes, some things is better left to the unknown. Thank you. Let me tell you a little bit about this genius. All right, so Talayla Moore received her BS in communications and event planning from SUNY Oneonta in 2017. She's a stage manager for a performing arts program, a plus size model, a brand ambassador for numerous online shops. She's also currently enrolled in improv classes at the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade in New York. She's a YouTube personality, of course. She creates content ranging from hair tutorials to story times, vlogs, music uh, reviews, and more. Her future goal is to pursue a career in acting, music, and producing. Um, thank you, that is a great story. All right, yes. If you want to know more about today's storyteller, well, you're in luck. Let's join our host backstage, now in conversation with today's teller. So what's your most favorite, or it could be your least favorite thing about Maine? Hmm, the lobster. The lobster is my favorite thing about Maine. And, you know, it smells fresher, like the air, I think. And I think the architect, the structures of the streets is like, it gives a different feel. I agree. And who would you most like to share a stage with? Ooh, oh, my God. Someone I would like to share the stage with. Anybody. Ellen. Ah. Ellen. I would like to share the stage with Ellen one day. I don't blame you. I would, too. Um, do you listen to yourself after you've told a story? And if so, why or why not? And um, if so, how soon after you tell a story do you listen to it? Um, yeah, I do listen to myself, and I only usually listen to just perfect it. So, like, go back to see if I missed any points, if I could have hit something harder. Um, usually I don't listen to it right away. Probably, like, a week later, if I get the audio, I'll take a look back. And I listen just to take notes. All right, well, it's great seeing you. Thank you. Soundbites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company. Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad & Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. Special thanks also to GWI and Downey's Pension Services. More information about Soundbites, including how to attend a live storytelling event, can be found online at soundbitesme.org. And of course, you can always hear more stories at mainepublic.org. Thanks for listening.